Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. It is a blessing, a privilege to be with you in this house of praise, prayer, and mission. I have been blessed just worshiping with you. I thank God for you. I thank God for your love for Him, your commitment to His mission, your reaching around the world, your commitment to prayer. I want to let you know that because of your giving, a lot of people in the Balkans and around the nations are hearing the gospel for the first time and coming to Christ. That's what we're praying for. So I thank God and celebrate you. We have a lot to celebrate about. We also have some cause for concern. Almost half the world hasn't heard this message of the gospel yet. That's a tragedy. And after all of the upheaval in America and around the world over the last two years, I am concerned, in the words of Paul, that we not be led astray from our sincere devotion to Christ, but that we stay focused on our core mandate to fulfill His great commission to us. I hear the Spirit saying that we need to refocus our faith and mission on three foundational truths, which are Christ, the kingdom, and souls. If we will focus on those, God will use us. We, as a church, are not called to be a political party to win elections. We are called to be a prophetic people, preaching the gospel and winning the world for Christ. That's what he's called us to do. And so we see in Scripture that if we will wholly devote ourselves to Christ his kingdom and souls, that he will use us to win the world. Let's read together from Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 21. Romans 15, verse 17. Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, which is modern-day Albania, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. In verse 17, when Paul says, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. He is saying that it's all about Christ. Our lives, our mission. For Paul, from the day that he met Jesus on the road to Damascus to the day that he was beheaded for his faith in Rome, his life was all about Jesus. He preached Christ, he prayed Christ, he imitated Christ, he suffered for Christ, he lived and died for Christ. It was all about Christ for him. And likewise, we as followers of Jesus are called to give our all for him. There was a theme through the worship of surrender. That's what he's asking us to do. The first step to winning the world is to fully surrender ourselves to Christ. In Christ, Our lives cease to be all about us, our hopes, our dreams, our lives, our accomplishments, and they begin to be all about Him. 
We live to please Jesus. We live to lose ourselves and find him. We live to be his witnesses at work, at school, wherever we are, drawing the lost to him. We live to please him. Please say it out loud with me this morning. It's not about me. It's all about Christ. May God help us to focus on him. Much like Paul on the road to Damascus, a young Albanian man named Gensi had a life-changing encounter with Jesus on his road to Greece. He was out of his way, uh, on his way out of Albania to work uh, as an immigrant in Greece and help support his family like so many Albanians do. He was caught by police at the border and turned back. That night in his house, Jesus appeared to Gensi held out his hand to him and said, follow me. Gensi is a Muslim background young man raised in a communist atheist state, and his reply to Jesus was, no, I don't believe in you. And so Jesus blinded him, just like he did with Paul. And blind Gensi wrestled with Jesus all night long. In the morning, Gensi finally decided to surrender, and he said, yes, I believe in you. I'll follow you. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He was reborn, transformed, made a new creation in Christ. His life was changed. He found a church in his city, the only church there, got discipled, later felt a call to ministry, came to our Bible school for training. Today, he pastors a church in a Muslim community, reaching about 150 people every week. For Gensi, it's all about Christ. Life is all about knowing him, loving him, and reaching those who don't know him. Our passion as believers should be the same. There are 3.1 billion people in the unreached world who live in the 1040 window, which I call the red zone, as you see highlighted in red on the map. Most of them are Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. They're called unreached because they don't have a witness of the gospel They haven't heard the gospel, and they can't hear the gospel because there's no witness close enough to tell them. There are no missionaries, churches, pastors, believers, Bibles in many of their cities, villages, areas. They have no access to the gospel, no opportunity to hear it, and that is the biggest difference between them and us. When Jesus called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, He was talking about the red zone, places with no witness. If we do not go to the poorest, hardest, least reached places of the world, who will go? Albania, or the Balkans, is the only part of Europe in the red zone, and God has called us to reach them. I pray that each of you lives every day, whether you're at work or school, with a sense of mission. You know why you've been saved. You know why you've been called and anointed and set apart to be his witness to the lost locally and to the unreached globally. You've got a vital part to play in the mission of God. Do you understand your role? Are you an active witness? Are you praying for the lost around you? Are you praying for the unreached around the world with no witness? Are you generously giving through your church to missions? to help bring this gospel to people who don't have it. I pray you are. You see, it's not about us and our needs. It's all about Christ and his mission. In Christ, we live and die for him. We live first and last for Jesus. May the Lord help us to be consecrated. 
As we move down the passage to verses 18 and 19, we also see that it's all about the kingdom. Look again at the last part of verse 19 with me. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached this gospel. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. I believe that is more true today than it's ever been. How many of you believe Jesus is coming? We need to be ready. We need to be witnessing. We need to be reaching the world before he comes. The kingdom of heaven is the sovereign reign and rule of God over the universe. It's his absolute authority and power over all mankind and creation. The kingdom of God is not about a president, a political party, or the American dream. It is all about Christ and the kingdom and souls. Uh, The kingdom is not about making America great again. It's about making Christ great again. And I guarantee you, if Christ is great in you and great in his church and great in America, then he will continue to greatly bless and use America to reach the world with the gospel. There is no other country on the globe that sends out more missionaries and more gospel than America. And so if we will just stay faithful to him and faithful to his word and mission, he will bless us and use us. For us as believers, it's not about America first. It's about the kingdom first. We pray every day, God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. I've been praying a lot over the last two years, Revelation eleven fifteen. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. There is no question as to who's in control over America or the nations of the world. King Jesus reigns, and he is in control. The Lord has used much prayer, fasting, and spiritual warfare to bring his kingdom to Albania. I want to tell you the story of Cal Olson. He was a retired AG veteran missionary to Bangladesh. And in March of 1990, he had an intense spiritual battle. The Holy Spirit led him to fully fast and pray for 40 days for Albania to open up to the gospel. It was the most closed country in the world. His intercession for Albania became so intense that he didn't leave his room. He stopped sleeping and even stopped drinking water. The battle climaxed one night when demonic powers, how many of you know principalities are real? Demonic powers from Albania came into his room, put their hands around his neck, and began to choke him to death, to take his breath. He said, I couldn't speak. I could hardly breathe. I just prayed and cried out to God, God, help me. Lord, save me. And then he said, the presence of God rose up in me. How many of you are thankful for the presence of God? The presence of God rose up in me, and I was able to say one word, one name. He said, Jesus. And when he spoke the name of Jesus, those demon powers from Albania let go and jumped back. 
And then he said, a holy boldness rose up in me. And I stood, I pointed at those demon powers, and I said, in the name of Jesus, flee. And they left the room. A few months later, end of 1990, the communist atheist regime in Albania fell, opening up the most closed, isolated country in the world to the gospel and launching a move of the Holy Spirit that grew the church from zero to over 200 churches and 62,000 believers. <laughs> Praise God. And I believe that what God did in the former number one most closed country in the world, he can do in the current number one most closed, Afghanistan, or in number two, North Korea, which has been number one all these years until this year, or in Orlando, or in any place where the people of God will pray and fast and exercise authority in the name of Jesus. This is the power of the kingdom and the reign and rule of Jesus Christ over demonic powers and human souls. Imagine, God used Cal Olson, a retired missionary, to change a nation through prayer and fasting from his home in the U.S. Some of you may be here today thinking, well, how could God use me? Could he use me to change a city? Could he use me to change a nation? I want to encourage you through prayer. If you will pray through prayer, God can use you. He can use you, whoever you are, wherever you've come from. He can use you to change the destiny of cities and nations if you will pray. He's waiting for us to ask. God promised in Psalm 2.8, ask me and I'll give you the nations. Are we asking? What are you asking God for? What are you asking him for today? Why have you come to church? What are you asking him to do in you, in your family, in your workplace, in your school, in this city, in our nation, around the globe? What are you asking for? There are many things that God wants to do but will not do until we ask, until we pray. Why? Because he has ordered to work through his church through prayer. And so he's just waiting for us to ask, and he is ready to release his power if we will just pray. As the church of Jesus Christ and the prophetic people of God called to reach the world with the gospel, we need to stay focused on the imperatives of the kingdom. It's easy to get sidetracked in all of the confusion and chaos and conspiracy theories of men, but it's all about the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, bringing the kingdom where it's not yet well established. Our citizenship is in heaven. King Jesus is coming back for his church and will establish his government. It's all a question of submission as we've been worshiping about and allegiance. I have found myself praying this sacred oath before the Lord. I pledge allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the kingdom for which he stands. The kingdom for which I stand. The kingdom for which I am living and giving my life and believing him to draw in many others. 
I pray that this allegiance is in your heart and that you will fully surrender to him today. In Jesus' name, let's seek the kingdom of God. Let's advance the kingdom of God. It's all about Christ in the kingdom. At the end of the passage, in verses 20 and 21, Paul emphasizes that it's all about souls. Look at verses 20 and 21 with me. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. Rather, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. Paul here is talking about souls, about people. Highlight these words in your Bibles from verses 20 and 21. Not known, not told, not heard. Not known, not told, not heard. These haunting words describe the spiritual lostness of people without Christ and without a witness of the gospel. 42% of the world. Paul's apostolic call was to reach the Gentiles, all the peoples outside of Jewish Israel that didn't have a witness of the gospel. And he and the church in that day, he went to places where nobody else was going, places where there were no churches like most places in the Balkans today. He and the church brought the gospel all the way west to Spain, all the way east to India. They reached their world in their lifetime. I believe that we are called to do the same. We must reach our world in our lifetime by the help of the Holy Spirit. We must love the lost locally and globally. We must seek the souls of the unreached. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Best statement of his mission in the New Testament. We are called to do the same. It's all about souls for God. And so for us, it's all about souls. We seek them. He saves them. As an 18-year-old senior in high school, I was planning on going to medical school. I grew up in Holland, Michigan. And I was praying and seeking God for his will one day, and he spoke to me, and he said, Kurt, I haven't called you to medicine. I've called you to ministry, to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. That word changed my life. One clear word from God to you today will change your life. He filled me with a love for lost souls and with a burden and concern for their eternal destiny that I'd never had before. I felt like I just wanted to go out and win the world for Christ. I still do. What about you? What has God called you to do? Where has God called you to go? Who has God called you to reach? There are some lost people around you that only you can reach. Nobody else is going to reach them. If God called you to go as a missionary, would you go? If he called one of your children or grandchildren to go, would you bless them? Would you send them? Who here is willing to lose yourself, leave everything, and follow Jesus for Christ and souls? Here in metro Atlanta, let's bring it closer to home, there are over two and a half uh, Metro Orlando, did I say that right? There are over two and a half million souls 
If we estimate according to the national average that 30% are evangelical believers, then 750,000 souls are saved souls, believing souls, and 1.75 million are unbelieving lost souls. These aren't just numbers. These are real people that you work with and go to school with and live with every day. Perhaps 70% of the people in this community are lost and on their way to an eternity of torment and suffering in hell because they have not yet received God's gracious offer of salvation in Christ and because we haven't reached them. Seven out of ten in this community, over nine out of ten around the world, lost. How does that make you feel? Does it disturb you? It should. It must in Jesus' name. If it doesn't, let's just stop everything else and bow our hearts and repent and pray now and say, God, give me your heart for the lost. Is there a fire in your soul burning for the lost souls of men? Is there a passion that moves you to pray and be a witness to the lost around you? Maybe that fire has grown cold over the years. If so, let's just pray for a moment together. Lord, light a fresh fire in me today. God, give me your passion for the lost and anoint me and my life to reach them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Love for lost souls comes from love for Christ. The Bible says it's the love of Christ that compels us to lost people. Where there is a lack of love for the lost, there's a lack of love for Christ. And so if we want to love the lost more, We need to love Christ more. The most powerful, life-changing thing that could happen for you and me today is to get a fresh baptism of the love of God. I pray that he does it. I need it every day. We need to be filled every day. May the Holy Spirit fill us. Please understand, the gospel is your right and your responsibility. Every person in the world has the right to hear the good news, and we, the church, have the responsibility to tell them. It's all about Christ, the kingdom, and souls. We believe that what God has done in Albania, a first-generation church, he also wants to do across the Balkans. The Balkans is the least known, least reached, least represented area of Europe. You can see on the map the 10 countries that we are targeting, 42 million souls, over 99% without Christ. Uh, Many of them have no witness of the gospel. Most of them, whether Muslim or Christian background, have never met a follower of Jesus. To balkanize means to divide. And the history of the Balkans has been dominated by war, including genocide and ethnic cleansing in Kosovo and Bosnia in the 90s. If you remember those conflicts, we know only the gospel of Christ can bring healing and reconciliation to the war-torn Balkans, to Ukraine, to Afghanistan, to Syria, to so many needy areas of our world. 
we've been serving in Albania and the Western Balkans for 27 years. And God's put Balkan reach in our hearts. It's a pioneer initiative to church plant among these unreached people through teams. He's put five priorities in our hearts, beginning with revival. We want to be a catalyst for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will cause a great awakening and turning to Christ. Revival begins in me and in you. He's starting it. Evangelism. I'm asking God for a million souls. It's a big ask. Way beyond me, way beyond our current reality or capacity, but we serve a big, loving God for whom nothing is impossible. Will you please pray and believe God with us for a million souls? Apostolic teams. From our base in Albania, we'll send out called equip multinational teams to pioneer new territory. Church planting. We dream to plant hundreds of churches in places where they don't exist, churches that will multiply themselves by planting other churches. And Holy Spirit empowerment. Miracles, visions, and dreams confirm the gospel message that we live and share. We've seen God do many of them over the years in Albania, and we're believing for more supernatural signs and wonders across the Balkans that will convince and draw people to Christ. Let me tell you Gazim's story. Gazim heard the gospel through a missionary, put his faith in Christ, and his life was totally changed. His Muslim family opposed him, persecuted him. After losing a baby, his wife Ariana became terminally ill, and her family told him, this is God's punishment on you for leaving your Muslim faith. They had no hope. She was bedridden for four months, dying. The family gathered in their house for her death. Gizim and the missionary laid hands on her and prayed for her one day in the name of Jesus. And as they laid hands on her and prayed, she said, I felt another hand come from above and put his hand on my bloated belly, push my belly back into position, normal position, and all of the sickness and disease flowed out of her body. She was instantly, completely healed by the power of God for the glory of Jesus. She then put her faith in Christ, and her life was instantly, completely transformed, joining Gazim. Today, they serve as pastors of a vibrant church in Duras, Albania, leading hundreds of people to Christ and church planting in Muslim villages surrounding their city. That is the power of the gospel anointed by the Holy Spirit. This is the bottom line. It's all about Christ, the kingdom, and souls. Loving Christ above all more than anything else in this life advancing the kingdom, living for it, and seeking and saving lost souls, being a soul winner. Every one of us is called to be a soul winner. If you will wholly devote yourself to Christ, the kingdom, and souls, God will use you to win this city. How many of you want to see more lost people come to Christ this year? God will use you to win nations. He will use us to win the world before Jesus comes back. I ask you to do three things before we pray. First, I ask you to pray. 
Please pray for us. Get one of our prayer cards on the table in the lobby. Pray for us. Pray for workers to be called to the Balkans. Great need. Pray for great awakening in secular Europe. If you want to get connected with us, pray. Learn Learn more about Balkan Reach. Scan the QR code on the back of the brochure, and you can connect with us that way. I also ask you to please give. You have the opportunity today to fill out one of these Reach Global commitment cards. This is powerful. This represents souls that will be saved, unreached people that will hear the gospel for the first time and come to him. If you have never made this commitment before, I encourage you to take a step of faith because that's what it's all about. Take a step of faith today and make a first-time commitment. You can begin with five, fifteen, fifty, a hundred, five hundred dollars, whatever God puts in your heart. If you've made this commitment before, I challenge you today to do something more this year. Everybody can do something. And many can do more than you're currently doing with the help of God. Pray and ask God today what his number is. God has a number. His number is always greater than ours. Ask God what he wants to do for you and through you. This commitment is all about not what you're able to do, but what God is able to do through you. Not what you can afford, but what you will believe by faith for God to afford and provide through you. It's a faith commitment. And how many of you believe that as we step out in faith, God is able and faithful to supply? We as missionaries and unreached people depend on your response today to this faith commitment. Your giving will result in lives changed soul saved. In addition to praying and giving, I ask you to please go. God's calling. He's always speaking. The question is, who's willing to go? Who's willing to lose yourself, leave everything, and go with the gospel? I know you're ascending church. I'm praying for God to speak to someone today to come join us in the Balkans, others to other areas of the red zone. The harvest is great. The workers are few, Jesus said. Who will go? Young people, pray. Ask God about his will, his call, his purpose for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.